Maybe don't know. Maybe don't know. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 46 of the Power Company podcast brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. This episode is going to be something a little bit different. This is part one of a three-part series. And the whole goal here was to dig into the pressure uh, that that World Cup competitors feel, and how can we relate that to outdoor climbers? You know, it really isn't necessarily all that different. And my good friend Angie Payne and I went to the World Cup in Vail, and while I ambushed people with my microphone and asked them questions about pressure, uh, Angie shot photos that that, and she was trying to capture you know, the emotion that comes with all of that pressure and how competitors deal with it. And those moments on the wall or back in ISO or waiting to come out onto the mats uh, that you can really see that pressure. And um, we weren't really exactly sure what this was going to turn out to be when we first started. Um, But I think we came up with something really cool and some really interesting conversation was spawned by the competitors' comments as well as Angie's photos. So while you're listening to this episode and Angie and I are talking about specific photos, uh, all of those images are up on our website. So you can go to powercompanyclimbing.com, click on the blog post for this episode, um, or if you're on your phone and you're using a podcast app to listen, you can just scroll down into that the description for this episode and there'll be a direct link right to these images. And it's definitely worth going to to look at because there's there's so much that we can't describe uh that's that's in these images that's in the emotions that's in these in these moments that that angie captured that i I really suggest you go take a look at and you know throughout the episode we're going to be hearing from people like uh, alex puccio and shauna coxie and yanya garnbrett and megan martin and sean bailey and and Brooke Rabatou and a bunch of other competitors. So, so you know, thanks to those guys for taking the time out uh, to talk to me. Uh, I had no idea going in how difficult it was going to be to to get these people to talk while they're in competition mode. Um, some were easier than others, um, but you know, I think I'll probably go back if you guys enjoy this. So, let us know in the comments. Uh, either on the blog or on the podcast reviews or somewhere. Let us know what you you know how you feel about this episode and these images, and if it's something you'd like to see again in the future. All right, that's enough for me. You guys get the picture. I'm going to bring in my good friend Angie Payne. Maybe don't know. A lot of internal dialogue. A lot of internal battles. I mean, I guess climbing is is that, but yeah, competition just takes that whole experience and condenses it down into a really short period of time. time, 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 
going into this thing, you know, I knew I was going to go to the World Cup. I knew I wanted to ambush people with a microphone. And when I got there, I really still didn't know what I was going to ask them about or what this whole project was going to be about. You know, I appreciate the photos you are able to capture of the emotion that's happening outside of just the normal climbing shot. So I knew I wanted something to do with that. And then you had the idea of because pressure has been something that's affected you in these comps quite a bit, that was an interesting take that we could ask the competitors. How is it that you can have a tough problem and then get it all back together in those four minutes or whatever between problems um, to be able to perform better? Because in your experience, you had a tough time with that, right? Yeah, I. that's one of the hardest parts of competition for me is dealing with the failure of it. The failure on a right. larger scale and the, the mini failures that happen along the way. You know, it just failing on an attempt, um, failing on a boulder problem. It's really hard to rebound from that for me. That's one of the things mm -hmm. I've struggled with the most is sort of getting into a downward spiral as the competition goes along or as the round goes along or even as your five minutes progresses um, right. getting tunnel vision and then trying to recover from that and come back and I think I'm the most fascinated and the most in awe of people who can do that really well right like, I just because I'd never really got the hang of doing it well every time mm -hmm. like, there are definitely still times you know 18 years into competing where I would just sabotage myself. Like I would just totally let it get the best of me. And, you know, I'd mess up some boulder problem early on and then it would affect me for the rest of the competition. Do you think it was easier for you to do earlier in your career? Did it get harder as it, time went yeah, on? Yeah, I think it definitely got harder. <clears throat> um, it was, yeah, I think it was easier when there weren't any expectations because right. if I didn't do well on the first boulder... I, maybe I wasn't that surprised. You know, it's like, yeah. well, this is hard. I didn't yeah. do that well on the first boulder. I wonder how the second boulder will be. And if yeah. it was, you know, if I did well, I was like, oh, cool, I did well. But yeah, of course, the more I did it, the more expectations I had. And then the expectations make that letting go of failures harder and harder and harder. Right. And how much along. of those expectations do you think were built on being Angie Payne? Oh, man. Um, you know, as the name got bigger and yeah. bigger, did those expectations grow along with it? Yeah, for sure. I I mean, that sounds egotistical to even say, but it definitely, it gets in your head that other people, you think that other people have expectations for you. Right, when, sure. You know, when I talked to Alex Puccio, yep. she said pretty much the same thing. You know, it's funny, I think the more seasoned you are, the more nervous you get. Because I think most athletes that will say the same thing that are seasoned competitors, just because you have more expectations and the better your results are, you have expectations on yourself and then people have expectations on you. So the first competitions I ever did were actually the least amount of stress because you're just going and you're, it's fun and you don't, like you kind of care, but you're like, I don't know what to expect. Like, I'm just going to go out there and see what happens. And so you're not as disappointed or, you know, it's like the lows are really, or not like they're really low now, but they're not as low before. You, you, I think that it's easy to start thinking that people expect 
things of you. Right. When in reality, it's, I think it's really just you expecting things of yourself. Right. And then, and then kind of projecting that onto everybody else. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. these people expect me to do this. Like, yeah, maybe for like 10 seconds of their life watching the competition, they think, oh yeah, she's done really well. Watch, she's going to do well. And yeah, maybe they expect you'll do well. And when you don't, like, honestly, they're going to forget about it. Totally. Within 45 seconds. Like, it's not going to affect their life. If you do well, they're psyched. And if you don't, they might be a little bummed for you. Mm -hmm. But like, I think what I've really learned is that I always thought people expected things, but it was just that I expected things. Yeah, I think that's totally true. You know, as a viewer, I like, you know, I watch the competition. I'm rooting for someone every single time, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be upset if the person I'm rooting for doesn't win. You know, I'm more in it to see a good competition and to see good climbers perform well. And I'm stoked to be able to watch it. I'm not a comp climber at all, you know, but I get stoked just to watch the competition and just to watch people perform under pressure. Um, Whether that's fall apart under pressure, that's just as interesting to me, honestly, you know? So, you know, I, I think you're right. I don't think there's so many people out there putting all that weight on the competitors. I think right. the competitors most likely put it on themselves most of the yeah. time. <clears throat> yeah, it's really easy to to make up a story about what everybody else is thinking. Yeah. You know, like, oh my gosh, if these people, you know, if I don't do well, these people are going to think that it was just a fluke, that that I wasn't really, you know, a great competitor after all. And especially if you sort of do well for a while and then start going downhill. Right. Um, which is which is pretty easy to do because you get more expectations, put more expectations on yourself and put more pressure on yourself. And it gets harder as you go along. Yeah, and it um, can look downhill after just one comp. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't exactly. mean it's like, downhill. Right, you know? and especially in these World Cup comps, like the field is so stacked that somebody who wins – might not make semifinals the next week. Right. That totally, happens. Totally. And the the difference between first and twenty fifth isn't actually that huge in the World Cup competitions. Right. So like somebody who wins could get twenty fifth and if you just looked at the results you'd think, Oh my gosh, what what happened to that person? They really messed up this comp. But it might be that they had like four extra attempts or they had you know, and that kept them out of semifinals. Uh it's just crazy how how small the differences are and you know it makes you feel like you just have to perform perfectly yeah and you know, that's I think, a huge pressure to put on yourself to try sure. to be perfect yeah and and it's probably a for most people i imagine it's a negative thing you know it's their the the mistakes are going to be amplified they get in your head a lot more it's just going to cause this bad spiral yeah, and it is a spiral, and for me, that's what it's always been. It's it's really hard for me to get out of the spiral once it starts. Do you have specific examples you can remember of yeah. times when you've spiraled down? Yeah, for sure. There was actually uh, one of the times was in the World Cup in Vail, and it was in semifinals, and I fell on the last move of the first boulder problem. So mm-hmm. there were four problems in semifinals and came out, 
climbed well on the first problem, but fell on the last move a couple of times. Yep. And because of this IFSC <clears throat> scoring, you if you climb to the bonus hold, you get bonus, and then you do right. six more moves and fall on the last move. Right. It doesn't matter. You're you still get bonus. All that. So yeah. you just wasted all that energy. And I think I fell on the last move a few times. Got really frustrated, went back behind the wall, and couldn't let it go. Mm-hmm. Fell on the last move of the second problem a couple times. Oh, man. So I had only gotten credit for two bonuses at this point. Right. And now you've done and now, <laughs> 12 moves. Exactly. Now I've... I've six times. I'm super tired at right. elevation and veil. It, it's definitely harder. And I fell on the last move of the third problem and the last move of the fourth problem. Oh, man. I fell on the last move of every problem in semifinals, and... I ended up in 17th place. There were only four moves in the whole round that I didn't do. Right. But I got 17th place. Yeah. And it was, I think if I had done the first problem, there's a pretty good chance I would have done at least one of the other problems. Right. Uh, maybe much? maybe I would have done them all. It, it's hard to say. Yeah, That's the thing. Yeah. You just never yeah, know. Yeah, impossible to say. Like what that inertia can, you yeah, know, if you momentum get... momentum means a lot. Yeah, if you get that good energy going on that first problem, it can carry you through. And change like the way the whole round goes. Yeah, totally. And it's really just one move that can do that, you know? So you have to be able to to let that go if you want to rebound. And yeah. for me that's really hard. Yeah, I think it that's a tough been. that's a tough situation to be in because you know, like you said, you could very well look at that as a great performance. Yeah. There were four moves in the round you didn't do it. Right. You know, you got to the last hold. Of every yep. problem. Yep. But then you're judged by this, the scoring right. system. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Is it easy to, to go to blaming the scoring? <laughs> uh, yes, it's very easy. Yeah, um, I imagine it would be. It is easy. <clears throat> it's, it's definitely like one of the first things that I get frustrated with in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, really what I should be frustrated with is my inability to your tactics. Yeah. My tactics and like my strategy and my climbing and my inability to let the first failure go. Um, that's what I should be frustrated with, but it's really easy to take it out on other things. Like, well, if it had been this other scoring, I would have been in like, you know, fifth place or if it had been this other way, right. I would have you know, in some comps, it's been like, well, I would have won if it had been this other way. And totally sure, it's easy to look at that. And when you're frustrated with yourself, it's super easy to take it out on just about anything else. Um, I mean, I think whether we like to admit it or not, uh, humans like to make excuses. And yeah, totally. I'm no, I'm no exception. Yeah, I've been reading this book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Um, and it's a it's a deep look into fixed mindset versus uh, growth mindset. And one of the hallmarks of a fixed mindset that she writes about is that fixed mindset people often blame everything but themselves. You know, think Donald Trump. And the growth mindset people will look a little deeper and say, I could have changed this and had a better outcome. Yep. You know, and... And that brings up two posts on Facebook that I was actually kind of excited to see when they popped up um, because they really played into what you and I were going to be talking about. And one was Jakob Schubert and one was Alex Puccio. And they were uh, 
posted in back-to-back days. You know, I don't know how much Jakob's post influenced Alex's post. It very well could have. Um, but they were, they're an interesting contrast, you know, and I'll read them both and then we can talk about them. Um, <clears throat> Jakob's post was, the World Cup in Vail went very badly for me this year. After a fifth place in Japan, I had high expectations and felt very strong. But unfortunately, the comp was already over after qualifiers. I'm always trying to analyze my mistakes, and unsurprisingly, it were the slabby technical boulders again that were the problem. Careful, long speech about my thoughts on route setting incoming. I think that's interesting that he was careful about this. He thought hard about this before he said it. And to be clear, before I go into this, I was in full agreement of his post when I first read it. And then I thought a little more about it. And, and we'll talk about that. But he goes on to say, I have to say that in my opinion, the setting of our group's qualifiers wasn't diverse at all. Three out of five boulders were slabs and only one boulder was pure fitness on holds. Some might say that's a new style of bouldering, but in my opinion, it's bad setting. Bouldering shouldn't only be about standing on your feet. When you're done with qualification and feel like you haven't even climbed today since no boulders were exhausting at all, it just feels wrong to me. I like to fight in boulders, feel the physical strain. Sure, slabby boulders are part of the game, but they shouldn't be the most important thing in my opinion. Crimps, slopers, pinches, big moves, campusing, jumps, coordination, toe hooks, heel hooks, power endurance. There's so many things. That's what I love about this sport. To be fair, it, wasn't, it was difficult for the route setters because the wall and veil is not great, and they did a very good job in both semis and finals. But still, I want to shout out to all route setters to try to set more diverse in the future in all rounds, and especially also in qualifiers. I don't think the randomness that some qualification rounds had are good for this sport. There shouldn't be only crimpy boulders, nor only volume boulders, nor only slabby ones. Lately holds have fallen out of favor and huge volumes that look cool have taken over, but a mix of both of them would be the best in my opinion. The style of a lot of boulders has nothing to do with rock climbing anymore. That's a fact. Whether you think it's good or bad is a matter of opinion. In my opinion, some funky boulders are definitely fun, but I think we should forget the or we shouldn't forget the origins of this sport, I think is what he meant to say piece and like i said i agreed with that right initially you know and i still do to a point um and you're of the you know of the generation that was very good at holds if you're if you go into a a, a comp and you see crimps up a steep wall you're stoked right yeah yeah that'd be like heaven what was your thought hearing or reading his post um that's a good question so it it's hard for me to look at that question without bias because uh my boyfriend was one of the root setters yeah yeah sure and i have spent a lot of time seeing the perspective of the root setters because of that um i've never been a root setter but i know how much thought they put into it. And I think competitors in general, these World Cup competitors know that. They know a lot of time and thought goes into it. Right. Um, it's easy. I mean, I've I've thought the same thing that he wrote a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, when I don't do well. Um, it's, it's typically when I don't do well that I look at, that I'm very critical of, uh, what types of problems were there? Oh, there's all, you know, it feels like the fourth women's problem in finals at nationals is always pinches up a steep wall. Right. But right. the only time that I've ever really said that is when I haven't done as well as I wanted to. Right. Uh, so I know that, you know, I'm, 
I can relate to what he's saying, this frustration of not doing as well as you wanted to do and looking at outside things like that. Like what, what kept me from doing well? Oh, it was those slabs. Well, wait, there were more slabs in my group than there were the other group. Why were there three slabs? You know, or whatever it is that you look at. Right. It's, you know, you kind of want to try to explain away your failure. You want to look at, okay, why did I fail? Which is good to look Mm -hmm. at. Like, why did I fail? What can I do better for next time? Yep. Um, I think you have to be careful though, because you want to make sure that you keep the focus on the potential for improvement and not just placing blame and making excuses, which yep. is really easy to do. And I've done it a hundred times, you know, like, oh, well, that problem was reachy. That's not fair. Yeah. That's why I didn't do it yep. because it was reachy and that taller person did it. It's like, uh, maybe that's not true. There were right. probably, you know, typically there's also like some other people who are shorter than me who did it. Right. Exactly. You know, Alex Puccio is not taller than me. And there are a lot of problems that I've probably said were reachy that Alex has done. So that sort of eliminates that as an excuse. Yep. Uh, And I think that there's, there's always, there's always that, you know, there's always somebody, you know, that maybe isn't as good at slabs or that also got through, got through that round, you know, maybe they don't love slabs either. Mm -hmm. They got through and Everybody in that group had to deal with it. Exactly. But it's easy to forget that. Yeah, you're all having the same competition. Exactly. You know, right at the beginning of what he says, um, I'm always trying to analyze my mistakes, and unsurprisingly, it were the slabby technical boulders again that were the problem. Right. I think right there is where he started to go wrong. The slabby boulders weren't the problem. His preparation for the slabby boulders was the problem. Was the problem, right. The fact that maybe he's not as good at the slabby boulders and he just, you know, it just so happens that his round had those. That right. The problem is that he's not good at those. Right, and if that's the direction things are going and you want to be a competitor, yeah. you'd better go that direction. Exactly. You know, or you're going to have this sort of post over right. and over after every comp. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I felt that. I mean, like I said, I, I, the thing that sticks with me the most and, and, you know, that I think about in this instance is that the times when I've been the most frustrated and said things like this, there it's like always like the steep pinchy boulders because right. I suck at pinches. Right. I suck at steep pinches, mm-hmm. steep thuggy climbing. And a lot of times that's been what has kept me from performing as well as I wanted to in a competition. Right. Because and I know there you've are these spent steep, time working on that. I have, yeah, I have spent time and working on it. that can lead just, right into it. Like yeah. I've spent all this time working on it and I still didn't do as well as right, I wanted. right. I'm not the problem. You know, right, right. I'm not the, yeah, it's because the, the fourth, you know, it's because the, <clears throat> they just always do that. Blah, right. blah, blah. It's so easy to say that when you don't do well. It's, it's funny because I look back at all the times I did do well and it's pretty rare for me to analyze the boulders when I do well, which right. is kind of messed up. You know, yeah. I should be looking at them in those circumstances too. And if I'm going to be critical of, of things when I don't do well, I should be critical of them when I do well. Yeah, but that's a good point. It's easier, you know, I should look at the whole competition regardless of how I did and think, okay, um, you know, rationally, how how was this competition? How right. was the organization? How were the boulders? How was the diversity of setting? How yep. was this and that and that? And even though I did well, could I have done better? Is right, there something right. I could yeah. improve? Yeah, 
you know, based on what I saw in this comp. Yeah, but it's super easy to just forget about all that stuff. Yeah, when you and do say, well, oh, and just it was say, really oh, it was fun. great. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. The setters yeah. did great. And I know? know the setters <clears throat> deal with that a lot. They I'm sure. They hear, it's like one of those, that's why I think it's one of the hardest jobs because if you do your job perfectly, you don't hear much. Right. You know? It's very rare that people say, oh my gosh, that setting was amazing. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? That setting was so cool. Oh, wow. Like, you don't hear that that often. What you hear more often is, there were four slabs. That was so boring. Oh right. my gosh. there was That thing looked like this, and that looked like, ew, why'd they do that? Why'd they set that? You know, it's like they get criticized a lot more than they get mm -hmm. complimented. Yeah, um, and the people who don't yeah. do well love to blame outside factors yeah. because blaming yourself is hard. Yeah. You know, really stepping back and saying, this is my fault. Right. You know, that's a tough thing. I dealt with that this morning in a strange way. I walked out and I had a parking ticket and I was an immediately like, well, there was a big sprinter van parked right in front of the sign. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, you know what? I should have just looked. <laughs> that was really stupid yeah. of me, you know? Yeah, it's hard to take. So I'm going to pay the like, ticket and yeah. just take it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is really hard, especially in a really stressful situation like in, like a competition. It's mm -hmm. like you're already dealing with a lot of stress. Right. Um, you know, your emotions are always heightened and everything's everything feels way more stressful and it feels like, <clears throat> but I put all this time into it. It can't be my fault. You know, right. like I prepared. I did everything that I could to prepare. Yep. Um, there must be some reason that I didn't do well. And it's like sometimes it's just because you got in your head about it. Maybe you didn't train as well as you thought. Maybe you didn't train the right things. Maybe, well, I mean, there's a hundred things that you can do wrong yourself. And it's typically like, that's what went wrong. Yeah. Because like, like you said, everybody's having the same comp, like everybody's trying the yeah. same boulder problems yeah. in these Yeah, some rounds, people got so. through those problems right. just like, fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they so. did well on the powerful problems right. that came later. Yeah. You know, so maybe their preparation's just better and, yeah. you know, that needs to be taken into account. Yeah. Um, and I was really impressed when I read Puccio's post and again, it came a day after Jacob's, so maybe his had something to do with hers. Maybe it changed her thinking. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm totally guessing here. Um, but her post was, another year, another Vail World Cup. This time I walked away healthy. Besides staying healthy, I have to admit I got pretty scared at this comp, and maybe the most scared I've been in a competition ever. It was a strange feeling, especially in finals, eyeing up the dinos and feeling a wave of nerves and fear pour over me and not from the pressure this time. I'm very happy that I eventually made myself stick the dinos and complete the boulders, but it took a lot of mental power and determination. It was also a cool feeling to have flashed the first boulder, and I was the only one to send it. In the end, I ended up in fourth place by attempts. Us top four athletes all had three tops, and it came down to falls. I'm really happy to be climbing outside a lot now, but we'll probably go into the gym once in a while to work on my dinoing before the Munich World Cup in August. Thanks for putting me out of my comfort zone, World Cups. And it, it, one thing that's really interesting is when I read her post at first, my immediate reaction was that maybe it's not genuine. And, and that's on me. Not on her right. at all. That's on me. I think we take the complaints as genuine. And yeah. when people are are saying, I screwed up, I want to get better at this, we take that as, 
you're just trying to look good for right, people, right, you know, right. and and that's definitely me being trapped into that that feeling somehow right. by society or by media or whatever. But I do think it was interesting that she comes right out and says, "I was pretty scared. Maybe the most scared I've been in a competition ever." I think yeah. that's I think that's really hard to do when when you're Alex Puccio. Yeah. You know, when people are like, you know, you're you're so badass and then you come out and say, I got really scared. Right. You know. Yeah. I thought this was a really yeah, it was a really cool post. Um for me to read from Alex because I just know that there's a lot of things she could have written about this competition, I'm sure. Right. Um I would guess that she wanted to be on the podium. You know, I would For guess sure. that getting fourth is hard because you're just off the podium. Uh, she's had a really rough few years in Vail, um, blowing out her knee in ISO a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and then having this neck injury last year and having to get surgery. Like, Vail's kind of been a rough place for her, and there's probably a lot of emotional baggage that comes along with that. Walking into that comp, there's a lot of expectations that she puts on herself, I'm sure, because she's won this comp before. And of all the things that she could have written, I thought it was cool that she wrote this because I'm sure she was really scared. And, you know, I think in this case, it's like pretty genuine that I'm sure when she looked at that dyno on Women's Four, she was like, oh, my God. Yeah. My knee, my neck, whatever, whatever she was thinking, you know, just like, right. I don't want to do this jump. And you have time to sit there. It was like this interesting problem where they're sitting and on this volume kind of like looking up at the finish that's not that far away, but it's kind of a weird jump. Yeah. And to really have the time to think about that and and know like, oh my gosh, am I going to end up in third or fourth or whatever, you know, like who knows what was going through her head. So yeah. I thought it was cool that she that she wrote that. Um yeah, there's just a lot of things she could have said, and it's cool that she just said, I was scared. Yeah. Because sometimes yeah, that's so. the hardest thing to say. Yeah, and she says it wasn't from the pressure this time, which right. I thought was was pretty interesting. I talked to Alex beforehand, you know, before the, I think it was after qualifiers. I can't, no, it was before women's qualifiers. And and she said that Vale was one of her favorite comps to right, come to right. because, yeah. It's close to home, and she gets. To see I mean, her it's mom still like a little vacation with some stress because you're competing, and it's not as much money. And here, I get to see my mom and stuff. So, this is one of my favorite events of the year. So, so she wasn't feeling pressure. It didn't seem, um, and I thought she was being very genuine when we talked. Yeah. Um, through the World Cup, but then that fear came in. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, you know, watching she came. Did she come out first in finals? Yeah, yeah, I think she did come out first. And I think so, because when I was watching her and she was trying that dyno, I was initially like, that must be really hard. Yeah. You know, because she wasn't even close the first few times. Yeah, yeah. And then when the other girls came out and did it quickly, I was like, oh. Oh, she you was know? just, yeah. She was just. She was scared. There was some trepidation there, yeah, you know. For she sure. wasn't really going for it. So she built herself up to going for it right um, right in front of everybody which yeah. I think is a really hard thing to do yeah it's like you know? one of the hardest things to do yeah it's I think it's easier to just stand there and say I can't do that right 
I'm not going to get up in front of everyone and fail. But I think a good competitor is going to get up there and fail. And I thought she did a great job, you know, giving it, giving it what she had and working her way through it in that short little window. Yeah, I think it was it was cool because you you could see in the first attempt or two that she she really didn't try very hard. I mean, Alex is not bad at jumping. She's she's right. pretty damn good at it. Right, so that's exactly whenever, what I was thinking. Whenever you see that, um, I don't know, and when you watch people compete a lot, a lot of times you can tell when they're trying and when they're not or, you know, when they're, I don't know, she just didn't look like she was comfortable up there, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. You know, I was watching thinking, gosh, I wonder what she's thinking about, like all these all this stuff she's dealt with in the past at this comp and here she is and she's sitting on the wall and she has time to think about it. Um, yeah, that's a really hard place to be as a competitor. So, yeah. And she said when we talked that, but I think now after my injuries and stuff, I'm trying to get in a better mental place as I was, I guess in the beginning of my competitions where, yeah, I'm strong enough to win, but then so is everyone else. So go out there and try to have as much fun as you can. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I'm strong enough to win, but so is everyone else. And at the World Cups, that is like absolutely true. Yeah. Um, if you counted the number of people that come to Vale that have made a final, I mean, I don't know what the number is, but it's huge. You know, yeah. The, yeah. the number of people who are capable of making <clears throat> the finals is is just gigantic at these comps. And and a ton of them have won as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's pretty intimidating going into these things thinking mm-hmm. there's 20 people who could win this comp. Yeah, and a lot of people show up there totally surprised yeah. that, they're, that they've made it to finals, you know, yeah. or, or out of yeah. qualifiers even. Yep. And, you know, one of those that I talked to, she was so excited. You know, when I asked her initially if, if we could talk, she's like, I'm not good with the English, you know. And I'm like, well, let's give it a shot. And that was uh, Katja Kadik, I believe is how you say her name. Um, I just told myself I had nothing to lose. Because, yes, yesterday it was a tough round for me. Um, I don't know. After the each boulder, I breathed really hard and yeah. couldn't rest these five minutes. So, yeah, today was, I don't know, the boulders were great. And I did my best and hope will be enough. You know, she was so surprised at making it out of qualifiers right. that she was giddy. Yeah. You know, she was so excited and, you know, visibly like shaking. She was so excited. Yep. And and I watched her go out there and look like she was having the time of her life. Yeah. You know, she looked like she was having so much fun. And Alex Kazanov, who climbed really well right. and looked like he was having just the most fun of anybody. Yep. You know, he echoed the same sentiment. So uh, I'm just trying to have fun. I mean, uh, I just like lucky to be in the semifinal and climb in this amazing crowd. And for me, it's most important to have fun. So even if it's a hard climb, I just keep being positive and just try the hardest and just with a smile. And it's always worked the best. When I top number three, I just I was shocked that I started and I just kept going with the flow. And this is the best way it works for me. That's the way to do it because you should be a little bit surprised when you make it to finals because right. almost anyone there could could make it to finals yeah day. it's true i mean those are, it's it's so fun as a competitor um well as somebody who's been a competitor who's not competing in the event it's so fun to watch those people climb the people that you can just tell they're so thrilled that they've made it to the next round and they're trying as hard as they can and 
I think why I like that so much is because it's like, it's what I felt at one point about every competition that I right, entered. Right. Um, and it's really, really hard to find that feeling again. So when you see it in somebody else, you're like, oh my gosh, they're having the time of their life. Um, there was a kid um, in nationals this year. Uh, what was his name? Alex Goldwater? You know who I'm talking The kid Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's having, my spirit animal. That might be yeah. the wrong last. Anyway. I, I remember the kid you're talking he about. Was he was having so stoked in finals. And yeah. he was so fun to watch because you can just tell he didn't have expectations. He wasn't like putting a ton of pressure on himself. Yep. Um, he, but he was climbing his hardest. You could tell he was trying his hardest. And that was really yep. cool. And you just don't see that as often in these competitions, especially the World Cups, because all of these people put a lot of pressure on themselves and have expectations. And so it's pretty rare, I would say, in these World Cups to to see somebody who just looks like they're having a blast. Totally. Which is kind of sad. Um, but, you know, it's also the reality that the more you do it, the more expectations you have. Was it Alex Waterhouse? Waterhouse, that's Waterhouse, his name. Waterhouse, yeah. Not Goldwater. Okay. Waterhouse. Just look <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, it was up, Waterhouse, sorry. yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that that kind of joy you don't see it as often um, in the in the World Cups or the higher level competitions. Mm -hmm. But it kind of reminds me of how fun it can be when you don't have crazy expectations. Yep, totally. Um, but it's really hard to just force yourself into that feeling. You know, it's hard to find that feeling and tap into it. Do you think having someone? you know, a teammate or a friend or whatever back in ISO with you to laugh with, joke with? Do you think that's something that's helpful to have? Yeah, I think that can be. To get in that fun place. Yeah, to get in the fun place. Yeah, I think that is <clears throat> that is helpful. I mean, I've definitely had comps where like me and uh, Alex Johnson have been in ISO and just laughing and having a great time and kind of remembering that it's not the end of the world whatever happens it's really not the end of the world and yep. like we're just having a good time um that's definitely refreshing to to have and you know a couple years ago there was there was nationals um a nationals where it felt like that in iso we were just kind of goofing off maybe not taking yep. it as seriously as some people think we should have but mm -hmm. uh that's what we needed because we'd done it so many times and put so much pressure on ourselves and it's just... And how did that comp end up? Um, well, one of those comps, we were both on the podium. Right. And it was like the happiest probably I've ever been on a podium mm -hmm. before in my entire life. Um, I mean, I was thrilled. I was... That was a couple... The last nationals that I did. And it was that feeling again of just this pure surprise. Like, oh, I didn't know I was going to end up here. Well, this is nice, you know? Right. Like, sometimes it works out. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. But when yep. it does, like... It's nice. It's always yeah. nice. And I think you can see, you know, this this friendship or partnership or, you know, you can see it in some of your photos. You know, I'm looking right now at the the one of, I believe it's Akio. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I don't teammate. know. Yeah, I don't know his yeah, name. I don't either, but they were both like waiting to go out in finals. Yeah. And they're, and laughing. they're just laughing and yep. talking to each other. and. Yep. And look like they're genuinely just having a good time. Yeah, they do. That's a, I like that photo because it's like one of the few moments where it doesn't look like they're having like putting a ton of pressure on themselves. Yeah, and know? that's that's I think that's an interesting contrast with the Japanese is they're 
They're obviously very focused. Yeah. They can, you know, him in particular looked very serious. Yeah. And very yeah. intimidating. Yep. A lot of the comp, yep. you know. Every time I tried to approach the Japanese team, it was like they would just get surrounded by team officials. Right. And, you know, and they rolled in this big group. So there was yep. no no talking to them. You yeah. know, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And, but in this moment, right before they're about to come out, I mean, they're chalking up. Yeah. Just about yeah, to come like out. Yeah, they're waiting to come out. And they look like they're having so much fun. They do. Yeah. And that's nice. I mean, there, you know, I noticed in, in here when you talk to people, um, a lot of people did say, you just have to remember to have a good time. You know, fun. you have to tell yourself yep. to have fun. Um, and I think one of the things that I highlighted that I liked a lot is from Brooke Rabatou, and she just said, well, yeah, I try to keep it low-key. Like you said, have fun. It's my biggest goal. Like, think of the big picture. I mean, we're all just having fun at a climbing competition. <laughs> Coming from somebody so young, it's pretty cool to yeah. hear her saying that because that's something I always say to myself, and that's advice that I would give to the younger competitors is you really do have to think of the big picture. Like, this is a competition. Mm-hmm. We're climbing up a wall yep. on plastic grips. It's kind of weird and crazy, and yeah. like it's really not a big deal. Yeah. But it's also interesting because in the moment, you have to convince yourself that it's a really big deal. Sure. So in order to care enough to, to make yourself try hard enough, you have to trick yourself into thinking that it's really important yeah. in that moment. Yeah. That you know, trying to get to the top of this boulder is the most important thing I have to do right now. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as it's over, you have to remember this is in the grand scheme of things. This is not a big deal. Yep. Yeah. And I saw several people able to turn on and off that intensity that, that I thought was really impressive. Yeah. You know, um, we saw it with, Petra was able to go out there. Yeah, and, she's good at that. And she can be very intense. Yeah, you know, she for looks sure. very intense. Yeah, yeah. And but she was able to. I don't know. You know, some of your photos of her right before she's about to come out, she's got her eyes closed, and yep, she, you can tell like that she's taking breathing, deep breaths. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe that's when that switch happens. Yeah. Maybe she can. She's composing herself, preparing. She goes out there, and then she's very good at the minute she hits the mat, she can go back to, this is really fun. Yeah, Let's get the crowd involved. and she waves. And then she composes herself again and gets right back on the wall. And I think that's really impressive. It is. It's really impressive. I mean, that's a two completely different mindsets, and to switch between them quickly is really hard, I think. I mean... Um, because I, I take things too seriously, I would say, some of the time. Yeah. And um, and sometimes that feeling lingers. You know, it's hard to just to just switch it off. Yeah. Um, I've gotten better at that, I think, as I've gotten older. It is one of the things that I've... I can let it go a lot faster now mm-hmm. than, I, than I could when I was a kid. Um, it is, yeah, I think you do get better at that part with age. And you also just have other things going on in life, you know. It's like, this is only one part of life. This is not my whole life anymore. Um, right. Maybe it was the most important thing when you were a kid. But as you get older, there's other stuff happening. And um, But, it, I mean, it's cool that some of the youth competitors are already in that mindset or at least telling themselves, like, I need to remember that 
the big picture, you know, mm-hmm. even though they maybe their big picture is different than than my big picture. It changes as you grow, but it's good to at least have it on the radar. Like this is just a climbing competition, right? And totally. I mean, so many of these youth kids said, like, there's tremendous pressure on them yeah. in the youth competitions. Yeah, I was blown away by that. It's every crazy. time I every time I talked to a youth competitor, I made a point of asking them, um, "Where do you feel more pressure?" You know, in the youth comps or here on a bigger stage at a bigger event. Yeah, at a World Cup. Yeah, yeah. in front of a huge crowd of people. And all of them without hesitation. You know, it was Lily Canavan. Um, I think I definitely put more pressure on myself in the youth events because um, here no one's expecting me to do well. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've never done well at one of these before and like not as many people know me at the youth events. Like, I've been doing those for like eight and a half years now. So like a lot of people know me and I've done well in the past. So I feel like people are expecting more. <laughs> Megan Mascarenas. Megan Mascarenas. Probably is youth. Because climbing was like my 100% focus and there was events like year round. So it was like constant pressure. But now doing just the adult bouldering season is easier. Brooke even laughed at me and said... Uh, the youth comps for sure. <laughs> just because this is just, I don't know, no expectations. Yeah, just having fun here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean same with that youth, but like definitely more expectations. Like you're stupid for even asking right, this question. Right, like of course you know, the youth cops are more stressful, yeah. which is crazy to me. Yeah. So crazy. I mean, that's definitely changed. Um, the, the youth comps, I think, have changed tremendously since I was a youth competitor. And it, I mean, it, it, part of it does make me, I don't know if sad's the right word, but it is hard to see the youth competitors putting that much pressure on themselves in the youth events. Yeah. Um, just because of what we're talking about, you know, like you have to think of the big picture. And when I was a youth competitor, I never thought this would be true, but you forget most of your results. You forget most right, of those competitions. Right. Like yeah. I look back and there's very few youth competitions that I remember. There's very few adult competitions that I remember mm-hmm. just from 10 years, you know, the last 10 years. Yeah. It's like your juvenile like, criminal record. It just gets <laughs> just like, wiped. It's wiped and... away. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to think that when you're when you're you know 13 like yeah. someday I'm not even going to remember this right like and nobody else is either and it's just it's just one event in your life you know it's yeah. one moment it's, in your life it's interesting that you're you know as a as a youth competitor that that really is your identity a lot of the time you know it's what yep. you're it's what you're doing four or five days a week with yep. the team practicing and then you go to these events and it's a large for most of these kids i imagine it's it's the main time that they travel main time they go oh, for sure go yeah. anywhere yeah know? a lot of these kids is like their their teammates i mean that's their social life i mean it was it's kind of when i was a kid it was partially that way too right and it's got to be more, so more now. intense now yeah, yeah you know? definitely and so i i imagine it's really easy to wrap up their identity yep. in those youth comps for sure and and if they do well consistently, people expect them to do well again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, that's just another mm-hmm. example of what I think every competitor, youth or adult deals with is like, the more you do it, the more expectations you have, and the right. more you, more pressure you put on yourself. And that, that happens with the youth competitors because they start so young now, they, they might be in the youth circuit for, you know, from the time that they're eight until the time that they're 19. You know, right. some of them, some of them go all the way through from, you know, maybe maybe 10 to 19. That's like a big chunk of their life mm-hmm. is being in youth competitions. 
Yeah, so you can totally. see, you know, it and makes a very sense. formative part of their life. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense that they <clears throat> put a lot of pressure on themselves. It's just also like it's hard to see looking back as you know being in a different place. It's hard to to see the kids like crying at the competitions and yeah. being so hard on themselves. You just want to yep. go up and tell them like this is not a big deal. Yeah, don't cry. Like this is not worth it. But I've been there. Sure. Cried at plenty of youth competitions. Sure. Plenty of adult competitions even right, have cried. Right. It's like, it's hard because you do convince yourself that it's really important. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to remember that, you know, even a couple months down the road, you're going to forget about it. All right. Now is the perfect time for you to go to powercompanyclimbing.com and check out the photos that Angie and I have been discussing. Or if you are on your pocket supercomputer, you can go into your podcast app. The description for this podcast has a direct link right to those photos. Please go check those out. I'll wait. Okay, like I mentioned, this is part one of a three-part series. And uh, parts two and three were released at the same time, so they should already be loaded into your podcast apps. So if you've got another 30 minutes, go listen to part two. If you've got a little over an hour, listen to parts two and three. Why not? Um, The next episode, we'll get a little more into how the youth competitors deal with it and uh, how their coaches are helping with that and the role those coaches play. Uh, We'll also talk to Alex Puccio, Yanya Garnbrett about traveling um, we'll get big picture perspective from Megan Martin on on real life pressure. And we'll talk to Shauna Coxie, who just won the overall title for the second year in a row, and discuss the idea that success breeds success. And uh, does Shauna ever even really think about her failures? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, share us on your social medias. You can find us on the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Pinterests. You cannot, however, find us on the Twitters because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This time, 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 this